Hello, and welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, a podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guests, Thomas and Marion of the European Patchwork Meeting in Alsace, France. Hi. Hello. Now, before we jump into all our quilty fun today, can you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? Hi everyone, we are uh, Thomas and Marion. We are the organizer of the European Patchwork Meeting, uh, which is a quilting event that takes place every year in Alsace, which is a region in Eastern, bordering with Germany and Switzerland. We can't wait to welcome the public from the 14th to the 17th of September for the European Patchwork Meeting. We will have over 1,000 quilts on display, uh, traditional, modern, contemporary, mixed media, artwork, all kinds. Uh, we're very happy that Amanda and Wendy have invited us on this podcast, and we thank you for listening. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to have you on our podcast. Um, so, Tomas, you're um, the CEO, and Marianne, you're the Artist and Digital Communications Manager at the organization. So, could you tell us a little bit more about the organization, what they do, and the roles within um, as well? So I try to manage all of the organization of the show uh, with the warm support of my team. During the show, I try to solve every problem that we can meet. For example, with 17 exhibition sites, uh, it's an hard it's an challenge to manage all of the booking, the keys, and so on. And for example, before the show, I draw up the budgets, which is not the easiest part of the job, but every every year we find a, a solution to to organize the show. Uh, I'm in charge of the PR, so the public relation. I host the opening ceremony, the contest of the EPM, and so on. And every day is different, and it's art, but it's amazing. Uh, yes, I would say I have the fun and social part of the job uh, because I get to work all year long to recruit the artists from all around the world. And um, this way I can design a rich exhibition program so that our visitors actually do have fun as well. Um, apart from that, uh, with my colleagues from the communications and marketing department, we create content for the website, the newsletters, social media. And we design the posters, leaflets, and all the printed documents. Uh, but the most fun and actually fulfilling part of the job is when, you know, after speaking with emailing the artist for over a year, sometimes way more than that, um, they get here and they can finally set up the exhibition. Um, that moment is really priceless. So the, um, the European Patrick meeting is hosted, as you mentioned earlier, in Alsace in France. Um, and this year will be the 28th meeting. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about like the history of the event and, um, you know, what someone could expect going there? Yes, absolutely. And the European Patchwork Meeting is an event for quilters and art enthusiasts where they can do three things. The first, that they can marvel at the exhibitions. Uh, this year we have uh, 39 exhibitions and we can meet the artists and the creators um, who are all present during all four days of the show. 
Um, the second thing is that you can go and as a commercial area and you can stop by our 5,000 square meters shopping area to get their hands on fabrics, threads, needles, patterns, accessories, goodies, books, and magazines. So everything and anything that you, you need for doing a patchwork and quilt at home. So this is amazing. And the third thing is that you can also upgrade their, their quilting and sewing skills thanks to the workshops that we offer with, with teachers from all our around the world, or you can join one of our two four-day seminars uh, that take place after the show and offer fun and hands-on experiences to learn new techniques. Uh, this year, we have a photo memory quilt seminar with the American quilter Lauren Austin and a dyeing seminar with the Belgian master crafter Nathalie Le Turc. And finally, we have conferences every year where artists, creators, and collectors speak on a topic of their choice. So this is a third thing that you can find and do uh, during the European Patchwork Meeting. Can you tell us why Alsace was originally chosen as the location for the meeting and specifically, why is it held in the St. marie aumine Valley? The St. Mary Amin Valley is actually not a big city nor a metropolis like where usually show, uh, quilt shows take place. Uh, it's quite the opposite, actually. Uh, the valley is called the Silver Valley, as we had silver mines for several centuries here. But the history of the valley is actually much richer than that. Um, the event takes place here because the valley is considered the cradle of the Amish movement. And it's one of France's biggest formal textile hub with over five centuries of history linked with textiles and dyeing. The Mennonites established themselves in our valley to flee from persecutions uh, in Switzerland and help repopulate the area that had lost inhabitants uh, due to the closing of the, most of the silver mines in the 1640s. Uh, the settlers were then joined by new families uh, over the time and until the 1690s. When the founder of the Amish, Mr. Jacob Amman, arrived uh, in South Miami, he saw that the Mennonite community in the Silver Valley had gotten pretty close with the locals and that the communities were changing. For instance, some, uh, some of the Mennonite members had city jobs, others were attending the local Protestant churches. Uh, to him, this was a betrayal of the original um, Mennonite values. So he split from the Mennonite group along with about 60 other families. And together they adopted a stricter uh, way of life that was more like the original uh, way that he intended to live. Um, then religious tensions developed between the Protestants, uh, the Catholics, the Mennonite, the Amish, and they ended up leaving Saint Marie and fled to other regions that were close by. Later on, compulsory military service was enforced in France, uh, which led to the flight of the Amish to the U.S. Uh, indeed, the Amish do not bear weapons, so they ended up leaving Europe in the 19th century. And that's only many years later that, uh, thanks to the French Anabaptist and Mennonite Historical Society, as well as Mr. Jacques Legeret, a famous Swiss uh, quilt collector, that the first exhibition of Amish quilts took place in saint marie aux mines uh, That was in 1993, and here's how the European Patchwork Meeting was born. Very interesting history, because a lot of the time you just hear more of the American history part of it with the Amish and the Mennonites, and now I'm hearing this part of it as well. So it's very interesting. Um, 
So moving specifically to about the meeting, um, you know, it, it sounds like there is a lot of work involved when it comes to uh, organizing it. You know, you mentioned there's like 39 exhibits, there's a shopping area and several workshops and seminars throughout the, um, the event. So could you describe the process uh, to organize something like this? So the process is amazing because hosting over 35 exhibitions in 17 uh, venues and welcoming over 100 sellers in the shopping area does take a little bit of planning, but it's the heart of our professions as we are event organizer. And for the EPM particularly, uh, the process focused on three different uh, things. For example, for the artists, uh, we help them plan their stay, travel, and how they will carry uh, their work, for example. For the venues, uh, none, none of the venues are actually art galleries or exhibition halls during the rest of the year. So we turn um, churches, sports halls, party halls, and other buildings of the city into exhibition venues. That requires for us to make very precise floor plans uh, so that our team can set up temporary exhibition panels where the artists will then hang their work. We also try to build each exhibition in a particular way so that the visitors who walk through it have a fun experience. Uh, so that means that sometimes we have maze-like paths and sometimes we have more open displays with recoil. It depends on the size of the works and depends on... on on the artist's style, and that's something that we really um, dedicate a lot of time on. Can you share a uh, example of a logistic challenge to hosting that you've had to solve in the past? It can be funny. It can be terrifying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes, we we can share um, one one example of a logistic challenge uh, that that happened last year uh, because we were welcoming uh, two artists uh, from Ukraine. It was uh, Natalia and Ilya Lashko. They were uh, we were hosting them to present um, an exhibition in Saint Croix aux Mines, and as you remember, last year it was, and this year too, uh, we were doing uh, the war and it was very difficult for the Ukrainian to go out from their own uh, country. So it was a big challenge for Natalia and India. The, the travel for, for them was a big, uh, it was a big challenge because, for example, we do not have every information about their own travel. They were coming by bus and it was very difficult to know when they will arrive. We, we searched them um, on a night in Strasbourg, near Strasbourg, and it was very difficult to to plan this um, this exhibition. And they were here with um, amazing quilts. Um, they had to send the quilts. Some were quilts, and some some had straw embroidery <gasps> inside the works. So you can have to imagine. Oh sending straw embroidery uh, framed work from Ukraine during the war uh, with no actual tracking on the on oh the shipments and uh, we had no tracking on the shipments and we had no tracking on the artists when they we knew when they jumped in the bus and we didn't know where to pick them up when to pick them up 
Uh, Thomas, I want to pick them up at 3 a.m. Uh, it was, oh a, my God. It, it was <laughs> tricky and, um, and we're so, so grateful that they, they did come. Natalia did come. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was an amazing, an amazing experience. And, uh, mm-hmm. we're very grateful that, that this took place and the public was so, mm-hmm. so, so touched by it. It must have been That's... very powerful having them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as exhibitors. Mm-hmm. And um, we've read somewhere that the European Patrick meeting is considered one of the world's top three textile events by uh, textile enthusiasts. What do you think makes the event so unique compared with, um, you know, other textile events across the globe? So what makes the European Patchwork Meeting, unlike any other quilting event, is the fact that the exhibitions are not confined into exhibition halls, but spread out among the most iconic buildings of the four villages. Uh, we have shuttle buses that drive people from one village to the other for a more comfortable visit. You just need to park your car once when you arrive. Um, actually, you don't even need a car. Uh, there's public transportation from the nearest train station to the villages. You have to, for those of you who haven't never been to EPM, um, you have to picture it like it's some kind of excursion, like a sightseeing tour, while you discover nice authentic villages and hundreds of cults. What the visitors actually tell us is that they lose track of time. And although it's true that at the end of the day, they'll probably have walked a good distance, they are over the moon from seeing so many colors, textures, and meeting friends and artists from all around the world. How many, do you know how many uh, of your visitors, like how many different countries they come from? That's something we we struggle to measure. Uh, but many, 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 many countries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the global event. Yeah. It, it is, it is. It's, yeah. we, we should call it, we shouldn't call it the European Patchwork Meeting. We should call it the International Patchwork Meeting. We do have artists from all around the world, but when you attract artists, you attract their communities as well. So they'll have fans, they'll mm-hmm. have family, they'll have um, students. And yeah, we do have people from, from all around the world. It's no joke. And you mentioned that the EPM is spread out across four different villages in the area. Uh, so, uh, how far is each village, like between each village? Um, so, between Saint Marie aux Mines and Rombalfranc, which are the two cities who are in the opposite, it's around 12 kilometers. It's about when you drive, it's like 15 or 20 minutes. And then, is each village quite unique to itself as well? Um, no, actually, we try to have all textile style in each village. But um, that being said, we do have some venues that historically have more traditional or more modern works. Um, I would say most church usually exhibit traditional quilts, while other venues either show modern or mix uh, of a style. So, for example, we have 17 uh, different venues. And each, each site, each exhibition site is different. And for example, we have, um, around five or six church and every church is different. So it's really a puzzle of figuring yeah. out, like, depending on how many quilts or what yes. size quilts they are and mm-hmm. how they look. And for example, every venue has an history. So um, we can, you have specific place, for example, as a theater. Uh, which is uh, the place where we we are welcoming the most uh, prestigious exhibition. You can not put every style of quilt, every style of exhibition in this 
area. And for example, in a church, you will not put engaged um, exhibition, for example, and we have to respect the style of every venue. But we try to respect and to put every style in every every village. And we always have in mind the technical um, constraints of each venue. Uh, churches usually have a specific um, furniture inside the church. Uh, you'll you'll have a radiator that will you know prevent you from putting a three meter high quilt because you can't move the radiator from inside the church. So uh, it is it is a challenge. That's also the kind of logistic challenge we have. But it's every year, so it's, you know, nothing, nothing specific. <laughs> and how long does it take for you to set up the event? Or how many days do you have from to t- set it up and then take it down? It's, it's two different things um, between the moment when we get the keys to the venues and the moment when the artists have, um, pos- have possessed the room, actually. But we get the keys about two weeks before. So that allows us to build the structure and, you know, prepare the exhibition panels. Um, some rooms, some venues actually need like a whole day of setup. And the artists usually they start hanging for the very big exhibitions. They start hanging on Monday. Uh, the event is Thursday to Sunday. So they'll start hanging on the Monday. Uh, most of them hang on the Wednesday, but we also have people coming on Tuesday. So they have, let's say, 48 hours to hang the works and and hanging is done on the Sunday night. That's one of the things we, we, need, we need to do quickly because we do need to give the venues back quite quickly. Yeah. Sounds like you guys need a lot of coffee throughout the whole week to <laughs> operate. <laughs> we don't need coffee. We have smiles from artists and exhibitors and the public. So... <laughs> So for someone who's never been to the EPM before, do you have any advice for their first visit? Yes, we do. Um, you should plan your trip so you have, I would say, a minimum of two days at the show. Uh, you should bring good shoes, uh, bring an umbrella or a raincoat uh, for what we call patchwork weather. Uh, it's We call it patchwork weather because when it rains, the visitors usually stay in the venues longer and they really take time to study each quilt. So we love patchwork weather. You just need to be equipped for it. Uh, you should also plan a longer stay to make the most of the nice things, uh, food, sceneries, wine, the cities and the colors of the of our region of Alsace. Um, September is also the harvest season. So if you drive down, down the wine road, you'll get the particular smell and the buzzing atmosphere that we love so much in September. Sounds so beautiful. And what can people anticipate in this year's meeting? And how is it different compared with the previous years? Uh, APM is actually different every year because every year we have different artists and the focus on a different part of the world. This year, visitors will have the opportunity to see an amazing collection of African-American quilts from the 1900s until today with the International Quilt Museum of the University of Nebraska as well as the National African-American Quilters Guild and solo artists Lauren Austin, Beverly Smith, and Dalia Bonnet. All these artists have never been to Europe. It's actually the DNA that we have at EPM. Uh, We want the visitors to see exhibits that they have probably never seen before. And among the other artists and exhibitions we will have this year, you will find quilts from Korea, 
Australia, the Netherlands, Italy, Switzerland, Germany, Zimbabwe, Spain, the Czech Republic, China, and Japan. And for attendees that actually can't make it to the event, um, are they able to enjoy that virtually as well? We don't actually um, film the exhibitions uh, and offer some kind of live. We don't do that uh, because we feel like textile is something you should really be close to to actually get the feel of it. But um, we do take lots of pictures. Um, we do have uh, videos. Uh, we, we do make videos, but we, we publish them after the event. And so that, you know, it's kind of a memory video, it's a souvenir video. Um, but no, the only thing I can recommend is for people to actually visit the show. If it's not this year, then it'll be 2024, 2025, whenever. Uh, it's always special. And the people really appreciate to meet uh, the different artists uh, on their exhibition and they can have time to, to, to have discussion, to, to talk about the exhibition, to talk about the, the technical um, of the quilts. And we think that it's very important to, to create a relationship between the visitors and the artists. And we want to make it um, not like a secret, but we... we we think that it's um, it's a way to to discover the the exhibition and to to come and to to be inspired by by this feeling. That's definitely special to have the artists there to be able to talk through their mm. own work and their approach. So um, so every year the the meeting organizes its international contest, which is open to all quilters. And for this year's event, you have the you decided to focus on the theme of tribes. Can you kind of tell us a little bit more about that and why that particular theme? Yes, we always look for ways to challenge quilters and at the same time find a link, a bond, uh, something universal enough that everyone can relate to it and find a personal interest. This topic, uh, tribes, will spark uh, an idea in the mind of each participant, giving birth to, uh, we hope, a great variety of interpretations. Uh, for tribes, we've asked the participants to translate the feeling of community that animates the members of a tribe. Uh, we had in mind not only tribes in a, in a cultural sense, but also in a personal sense. So your family could actually be your tribe. Um, our three judges, Caroline Mazlumi, Susan Vogel, and Daisy Askehow, have had lots of work and fun also to jury 30 works from the over 90 entries. People will be able to discover the 30 selected finalists during the show, uh, so in September, and we'll have them vote for the People's Choice Award. Sounds very exciting. So, um, I mean, we talked about it earlier, you know, this year is the 28th year of the EPM. Um, looking into the next five to 10 years, you know, what is the organization's vision for the event, um, but also the organization itself? Yeah, uh, for us, it's very important that the, um, the European Patriarch meeting um, must be as he, he is right now. So it's a typical event with uh, different venues and it's in the DNA from the, um, from the show. So we want to keep, uh, these special things that make the, the, the event different, uh, compared to another, another show, which is organized in a big, um, in a, 
in a big venue. So for us, it's the most important things. Uh, we want to, to be a major event around the world. And, um, with this strategy, we want to be the event which will always promoting this passion with an international focus. So for us, it's important to, to make promotion about the traditional patchwork, but to open it to the, to the mixed media, to the, to, to things which are about textile and to, to make this event a cultural, um, event. This is, uh, important things. And we want to go as, for example, this year, we want to welcome the um, Afro-American quilts. And for us, it's important that the quilts must carry strong message. And why not in the next years to, to have an um, exhibition which are linked with environmental or um, societal commitment. And we think that the patchwork must give this message to the, to the public and to draw uh, a way that we, in the, that we, are, we want to, to go. And the event must to, to stay as a source of inspiration and influence throughout uh, the world. So this is the most important thing for us and that we think in five or 10 years that the EPM must go. And the most important things too is to attract younger um, generation. And for, for example, the kids um, to the fantastic world of quilting as a way to express their creativity. Quilting is an art form and deserves to be more widely recognized as such. And the, for us, we think that it's our vision for the, the next years. So if you're not following along on Instagram or signed up for the email newsletter list, we encourage everyone to join in and follow along because it sounds like there will be quite a few exciting things on the horizon for the organization. And on that note, it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilty conference questions. Um, so are you ready, guys? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go. Um, tomorrow, if you want to answer first and then Marion, yes. so we can just get into a little rhythm. And uh, Wendy, why don't you take us away? Okay, so how many European patchwork meetings have you been part of? 12 for me. For me, three. Um, of the meetings you've attended, which year was your favorite so far? Uh, for me, it was uh, 2015. Um, it was one of my favorite because um, for us, that was a year with the most biggest challenge because we organized the show during a transition period. And we had such amazing exhibition like, for example, Fraser Smith, uh, Sheila Frampton Cooper, and the Republic of uh, Saka, who, who came to the show with uh, horses and the quilts were, were putting on the horses. And it was uh, so amazing and beautiful. And they present the culture with, with uh, animals. So it was uh, fantastic. They, they were from wow. Kazakhstan, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All three have been amazing so far. Um, of course, 2021 was very special. Uh, it was post-pandemic, uh, lots of uncertainty, but uh, it was also my first one. So it's a special one for sure. 
During the EPM, where can people normally find you? This is a difficult question uh, because I, I try to go everywhere and to see every part of the organization. It's like, uh, where is Waldo? That's <laughs> true, that's true. So he stole my answer, uh, but uh, I can certainly say that they'll find me taking pictures and shooting some videos and probably also talking with any of the artists at the show. And what are you looking forward to the most at this year's meeting? Uh, for this year, I'm very excited to discover this colorful program, in particular uh, the African-American exhibition. For me, uh, simply meeting new people and seeing artists and visitors from all around the world. And if you had to pick one of the four villages to visit in this year's meeting, where would you go? Uh, I'm going to be biased, but I will choose Sainte-Marie because I was growing up in, in this city. And for me, Romba le Franc, it's the tiniest of the four villages. Uh, it has a special atmosphere. And are you participating in any workshops or seminars at this year's meeting? Uh, unfortunately, no, but maybe someday. And I wish I could, but I don't master any sewing skills. So maybe, maybe the dyeing seminar if I, if I had the time, uh, because it's lots of fun. And uh, Natalie Lechuk is a great teacher. And if we caught you in the shopping area at the meeting, what would you be shopping for? Um, I'm always impressed by uh, the long arm machine. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, but I don't know how to use it, but uh, I'm always fascinated. It's true. I always, uh, very often catch Thomas watching it long arm machines <laughs> and wondering how it works. <laughs> of the different textile arts featured at the meeting, which one is your favorite? Patchwork, embroidery, mixed media, dyeing, crochet, or lace? For me, it will be patchwork. I'm from the old school, but I really appreciate some quilts uh, which are geometric as, as uh, the, the traditional quilt, for example. For me, mixed media, uh, it's the art form that gives the maker more freedom, in my opinion. And what's your favorite thing about the European patchwork meaning? My favorite things about this event is um, the meeting of each people who are here for one passion and it's patchwork. Same answer, the visitors. Uh, they've got such smiles on their faces, it's very rewarding. And for first-time visitors to Alsace, where would you recommend they visit in addition to the meeting area? It's a difficult question too, but you have to discover our beautiful region, which is rich in heritage and history. You have to taste our delicious wine on the wine road or take a seat in one of our restaurants to discover our gastronomy. But we have a, a lot of castle, for example, to, to visit and you can organize a, a nice trip uh, in Alsace after the show, after or before the show. Yes, definitely. Alsace has so much to offer. Um, I would pick my personal favorites, uh, the city of Colmar, and I would do any of the hikes through the Ballon des Vosges Regional Nature, Nature Park uh, to get great sights of the mountains, the flora and the fauna. I might have to bribe my husband by saying, let's go for a wine tour in the area. <laughs> <laughs> you should, anyway, you should, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we've just got one more question for you. Uh, who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? Uh, people should follow at QuiltBev, Beverly Smith, uh, at Black Girl Art, Lauren Austin. They're two of our featured artists and have great content on the feed. You should check them out. And people should also follow uh, 
at Debbie Does Quilts, Deborah Milkovich. She is coming all the way from Hawaii this year to us for her first solo show ever. So on that note, we need to wrap today up and we hope that you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can most easily be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio, Wendy. I'm at the.weekendquilter. And Tama and Marion. We're at Carrefour underscore Patchwork. And our website, Thomas? For the website, it's patchwork-erup.eu. Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website, quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's show, we hope that you subscribe to the podcast and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, it would make our day. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Bye.